This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups, doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express podcast, powered by the War Report. As always, it's Thursday. My girl Brandy, Mac, my guy Auburn, memes. This is a very, very, very special podcast, guys. Uh, Auburn plays tonight. And so if you're listening to this, it is Thursday morning. Auburn is playing, and they've got a game against Iowa. So Auburn makes the tournament uh, there was some doubt, guys, down the stretch. We talked about it on this podcast about whether Auburn would make the tournament or not. They did what they had to do. They beat Tennessee in the last game of the season, lost in the first round in their first round of the SEC tournament to Arkansas, but ultimately made the tournament as a nine seed. Guys, let's talk about Auburn making the tournament in general. Uh, and how tough is this nine seed draw that Auburn got? Like, is this a bad position for Auburn to be? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad position at all for Auburn to be in. So, I mean, the Big Ten kind of had a a pretty down year themselves. Mm. I feel like the SEC didn't necessarily have a down year per se, but it definitely was um, more like middle heavy than top heavy for sure this year. So, and, you know, we get to play in Birmingham. So I think we got as best of a draw as we could have hoped for. Is that... But middle, being middle heavy, that speaks to a more competitive conference, does it not? Um, yeah, yes and no, like to an extent. Um, I mean, I, I would say top heavy would be more competitive than middle heavy, personally. Um, so to me, I think it's like not, not that the SEC was in a down year, but I don't say, I don't think that the SEC was in an up year either. Okay, oh, so, wait, 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 let's stay here for a second. So when you say top heavy, you're talking about four top 25 teams and then a bunch of other teams that don't make the tournament? <laughs> no, I'm not even talking just making the tournament, though. So take Texas A&M, for example. They finished second in the SEC. They're a seven seed. When your second team in the SEC is a seven seed, given I know that they're not the highest, like outside of Bama, I know they're not the highest seeded team, but they did finish second in the conference. When they're a seven seed, that kind of speaks to the competition level at the top of the SEC. Right, but that could speak to a lot of things in the tournament. Again, outliers that won their conference tournaments. Um, you know, that seeding could be about a lot of stuff. Now, I'm not professing to know what those things are exactly that landed them at the seventh seed, but eight teams making the tournament is still strong. I mean, that's up there with the best conferences. You know, but we could, you know, are we considering the Big 12 and the Big 10 top heavy? 
I do no, I do not think that the Big Ten is top heavy either. I think the Big Twelve is a lot more top heavy than any other conference out there. They had a really great year this year, which also kind of resulted in them cannibalizing each other during conference play. So, you know, I think I'm not saying the SEC had a down year at all. I'm not saying that, but I definitely don't think that it was top heavy. I think it was more middle heavy, and I just think that means that um, it was. I don't know. The, that, the SEC wasn't down, but they weren't up this year, I guess is what the, I was trying the, to say. The ACC, the ACC big down right now. Right, yeah. They're, they're down ACC, that has, ACC and Big Ten, both of those. Mm. Are and I think big that has years. kind of allowed, like, I think that has allowed more teams to kind of weasel in. So I would just not be deceived by those type of numbers. Yeah, I'm just saying, I think that if we're saying the Big 12 was the marquee conference, how many teams did they get in? Uh, seven? I mean, Big 12 got seven teams in. I mean, they've got the four top 15 teams that certainly got in, plus TCU at 22. West Virginia made it in, did they not? Yes. Right? Uh, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's six teams. Who else made it? Who else made it from the Big 12? I mean... Uh, uh, Baylor? Baylor? Baylor made it. Oh, yeah, right. But I counted them already. I got Kansas, oh. Texas, Kansas State, Baylor, that's four. TCU, five. West Virginia, six. Did Iowa State or Oklahoma State make it? Iowa, Iowa State's State. in there. Right, so that's seven. <laughs> Who else made it from that conference? To me, that's top-heavy, right? You've got How many teams? How many? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the Big 12 is absolutely top-heavy. Right, yes. Right, they're yeah. top-heavy, right? They're so, without a doubt the best conference in college basketball this season. Now, mind you, uh, they've got fewer schools. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. They've got 10 yeah. schools, right? So they've got fewer schools. Um, so with five teams in the top 25, I mean, let's be honest here, right? I mean, I don't think half their conference was in the top 25. So those teams made it in the other half essentially sucked and didn't make it. But that's literally, that's the definition of top heavy to me, right? They're top heavy. Um, but there is no room for a middle with the Big Ten. <laughs> Uh, with the Big 12, I'm sorry. So for the SEC this year, uh, I, I'm probably one of the outliers that think that the SEC had a fairly strong year this year, and Auburn's record and seed is more a reflection of the competition that happened in the league because you know Bruce Pearl noted, guys, in a lot of press conferences that even though Auburn was losing close games, their net wasn't dropping. It was hardly moving at all from game to game even in losses. And so I think that bared out when it came to making the tournament. Uh, I think there's a possibility that they lose to Tennessee and still make the tournament the way everything panned out or, or at the very least in the first four. So it's, it's interesting to see them uh, in this first round matchup against Iowa, which I want to jump into now. I know you guys have a lot of great things to share. So I want to dive right in. Uh, Auburn draws Iowa in the first round. A lot of people feel like this is going to be marquee defense versus marquee offense type of game. Memes, you've got some stats here, I think, that will shed some light on this matchup for us. Uh, hit us with a little bit of, of what you see in the statistics in this matchup. All right, for all the listeners out there, y'all can hear that sound. <laughs> Just is, letting y'all know. Is that bourbon? Is, is that the bourbon sound? Is, it, is this, is, this is that kind of episode tonight. Okay, all right. Take a little sip. Take a little sip real quick. I'm going to pivot here. I'm going to pass... I'm going to pass the ball to Brandy because I think, Brandy, you got the Ken Palm stats, right? 
Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, because I need I need Brandy to lay it on with our Ken Palm first, because the Ken Palm breakdown is going to segue into what I'm saying really good. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pivot a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass. I'm not taking the game winning three here. I'm passing it to my open man, Brandy, at the post. Take the shot. All right, let me get these uh, Ken Palm stats pulled up for us. So, um, in adjusted offensive efficiency, Iowa ranks third in the country, which is actually insane. Um, Auburn ranks 48th. In adjusted defensive efficiency, Iowa ranks 167th, and Auburn ranks 29th. So, looking at that right there alone kind of tells you Iowa has a really strong offense, um, which is kind of scary when you know, and we've known kind of all season, we've struggled on that side of the floor. Um, So that kind of worries me a little bit, but their offense, I mean, they're sorry, their defense is, I mean, that's pretty bad. A hundred and what did I say? A hundred and 67th in adjusted defensive efficiency. That is not good. So if we can just, you know, have a pulse on offense and, and be consistent on that side of the floor, we should be able to score on this team. I'm a little more worried about what we're going to be able to do on the other side of the floor in stopping their offense since they have the third-ranked offense per Ken Palm in the country. Yeah, the the, uh, the offense versus defense narrative is going to be something I think that plays a ton going into this matchup for Auburn. But Memes, uh, hit us with what you got here in terms of what you see in the statistics on this matchup. So a few things kind of on the eye test here, I would definitely like in the games they've lost, which kind of goes to the defense being what it is like when they lose, they're not losing close. Like most of the losses they have are 10 plus points pretty much across the board. Kind of the opposite problem that Auburn has dive into that in just a second here. And as far as shooting and everything goes, I don't think it really goes. I don't think it's to anybody's surprise that Iowa is insane from three-point shooting. So insane that literally every person on their team that has played in a game is over 30%. Their lowest Mm. three-point shooter is 32.8. So let that sink in. That is everybody on this team can shoot the deep ball effectively and well. And a lot of those guys are consistently in the mid-30s with uh, one of their guards sitting right at 40 So, yeah, that's pretty scary. On the season from deep, Iowa is chilling at 34.3. And then uh, they're sitting about like 45 for the field goal. So this is a team that likes to shoot it deep, and they got a lot of guys that can. That is how their offense is predicated around. And the I think with the defense defensive plan that you saw against Alabama – Obviously, Alabama likes to play that same kind of game, too. And now Iowa is not as effective as scoring down low. But if you can have a if you can have a game where you get Iowa, hey, we're gonna if you can if you can contest the shots outside, hey, we're not gonna give you open shots. We're gonna we know you're gonna shoot deep. We're gonna contest every single one of them. And if we can just get defensive rebounds, Oof. Auburn has a good shot here. Hey, we'll let okay. you we'll let you get some clues in there, but you got to take the deep shots. You got to have them contested. And Auburn has got to. If Auburn's losing those rebounds and letting them get offensive rebounds, it's going to be a tough day in Birmingham. And I got some more. I got some more stats outside of it, but I want I want to kind of keep Wait, right here. Yeah, three ball. Yeah, t- t- let's talk about this three ball thing because I feel like that was the tactic that they took against Bama, and it backfired because they were allowing free runs at the rim. 
I think they, def- they defended the three fairly well for the most for most part of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Alabama came out hot in the second half. Auburn weathered that storm, but ultimately um, they couldn't adjust. And Alabama was too long for Auburn, you know, in terms of um, just having too much height on the court and them losing defensive and offensive rebounds in critical situations. Does Auburn face that problem here against Iowa? I mean, because they're only a half point dog, right? So, you know, the the uh, the the odds makers don't seem to think it's a huge problem for Auburn. Or I think that this point spread would be a little wider, would it not, Brandy? So it's an, it's an interesting. Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say just a quick point here. The interesting matchup on these teams is the size matchup because Iowa plays like very forward heavy, and even their guards like. Iowa's got a lot of size on that team, but they the guards are not what the the offense is not running through the guards. Which when Auburn has lost these games, it's mostly because they've gotten torched by the guards. Even the second game with Alabama, I mean, when they couldn't score on the outside, that's when Quinterly was cut into the rim. Uh, Boogie okay. Ellis, even the what's his name at West Virginia, Tennessee. But yeah, Brandy, go ahead, take it. Yeah, I mean, I think like this offense is so efficient. Iowa's is your best defense is your offense like that sounds so weird to say but like truly like the best defense that Auburn can have in this game is to outscore Iowa on the offensive side of the ball you just have to be able to keep up with how efficient their offense is and do the best you can at protecting the rim I don't think that we're going to have a problem uh protecting the rim here like Meme said their offense doesn't run through their guards the same way that a lot of other teams do like last year Miami's team in the tournament when they beat us, their offense was fully through their guards, and we struggled with defending that. That's not what we're going to see. We're going to see a lot of shots taken from behind the arc. How well can we defend those? But to me, how well can you just get to the other side of the floor and score? Because their defense is not good. And so to me, in, in this game, like the best kind of defense that we can have, one, just protect the rim, and two, just go to the other side of the floor as fast as possible and score as fast as possible. Something that's really interesting is like to be such an efficient offense, Iowa actually doesn't have like a crazy high adjusted tempo per Ken Palm. So that to me is something that's very interesting. So I wouldn't even say it's controlling the pace of the game necessarily, but it's just keeping up with them on the offensive side of the floor. I'll say the good news is player personnel wise, the defensive matchup is Murray forward on their team. He is their leading scorer, a leader in a lot of categories for him. (laughs) He is a 6'8 forward. That's very likely going to be the matchup you're going to see Flan on. Usually pretty good when Flan can match up with the best player on the other team. And when he has had those situations, he's been pretty good at shutout in that. So hopefully that'll be a matchup that does not play well for him. Just want to kind of point that out there. Versus Mm. a guard that Flan doesn't really end up matching up with. And you get stuck maybe sticking Zep on him or mismatch with Wendell. And that's when they just seem to be able to cut through and they got to mm. pull somebody else to help one of them out there. So if you have Flan that's on the skyline, and very similar kind of with Brandon Miller, when Miller was out there, I mean, and that's why he was not affected from the arches because Flan or Jalen were just all over him from deep. So hopefully we'll have a similar result def- or a defensive matchup here. Well, we know that when Auburn loses the rebounding battle, it can get ugly quick. Uh, so they're going to have to find a way to not have games like they had versus Kentucky where Broom had one rebound, one defensive rebound the entire game somehow. 
that's guys, that's in it. I, I don't even know how that happens. You just think by luck, three would just fall in his hands, right? He had one rebound. Uh, so uh, let's stick here on the topic of um, statistically what's happening. Now, you guys have, you know, uh, some interesting Ken Palm stats. Uh, Auburn has played a lot of tough teams this year. Uh, most of those games have been close. The only blowout on the schedule was Kentucky. Kentucky mm-hmm. was the only team that succeeded in blowing Auburn out. Uh, and when I say blowing out, it like, like it wasn't close at all most of, for a majority of the game. Um, so, you know, a nine-point win because you pulled away at the end is not what I count as, you know, a great margin of victory. Uh, but, you know, Auburn has has hung in with some tough teams uh, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about what their potential ails are. Guys, tell me statistically why Auburn wins this game. Why does Auburn Brandy, win you wanna, this game? Brandon, you want to bring up that luck uh, highlight and Ken Palm? Uh, Palm? I think that's <laughs> there's extremely a luck. That's right. interesting. There's a luck factor. Yeah. I don't even know if this is, like, actually applicable because, at least to, like, one specific team, because both Auburn and Iowa are ranked um, <laughs> lower than... Um, like neither of them are in the top 200 for luck ranking, meaning like we're both very, very unlucky teams. True. <laughs> mm. What happens when two unlucky teams play each other? Somebody's got to get that's lucky. A, that's just fascinating. Yeah. It's a fascinating it's match. I mean, I, hey, I kind of think our luck is turning. This is not calculated in Ken Tom's um, luck metric because that's obviously only stuff that happens on the court, but we are getting to play essentially with a home court advantage in Birmingham. So I think our luck might be turning a corner here. Mm. Well, uh, luck is something you definitely need uh, to make it to the Sweet 16 uh, in the NCAA tournament. Every year there's a buzzer beater. Uh, will Auburn get there? That's going to be interesting. Memes, I'm going to toss it back to you. You know what, what, what else do we have on this matchup? How can Auburn win this game? against Iowa in the first round. This is a tough draw. Yeah, well, jumping on the further side of the Kim Palm uh, stat lines here, mm-hmm. the as far as like the opponent, adjust the adjusted opponent numbers, I mean, Iowa and Auburn are fairly like neck and neck with like who they've played and even their kind of net breakdowns break have a fairly similar uh, breakdown. The one difference is Auburn played a much, much better uh, non-con schedule, but obviously the the big, the uh, the ugh, said the Big Ten, the uh, the Big Twelve. Wait, no, Iowa. No, Iowa's Big Ten. What am I talking about? The Big Ten is pretty strong this year, uh, especially somewhat toward the top from what Iowa. Iowa's had to play some uh, pretty strong teams, so. Going to the breakdown of who Iowa has played versus who Auburn's played, and this is the this was the big long chart that I was digging up earlier. Auburn has played 17 teams that are in the tournament of 68. Auburn went seven and ten those games. Iowa played 13, and Iowa went seven and six. So you've got a uh, roughly, I mean, obviously Iowa has a little bit of an edge with lower volume, but I mean close to 50-50 for each school. Now, the one thing that I did want to notate here, and I know pre-show notes, I know Brandy's going to have steam coming out of her ear. She's about to, about to let her out of the cage on this one, so I'm about to tee her up. Auburn won one, two, three, four, five, six. Or excuse me, 
out of those six losses, Auburn had the score within one possession. Now, there's a few asterisks there. Because Tennessee was four points, but we'll, we'll, we'll get that one close enough. And then A&M and Bama, the first Bama game, it was, the game was within two points of A&M and four points of Bama within a minute to go. And then obviously the store score got out of hand just because of the last minute, you know, fouls of just desperation, which pushed it a little bit further. But as far as the actual uninterrupted game flow, you essentially had it down to the near buzzer with a possession left. And then the final Bama game, I was saying it was within a possession going into uh, regular while well, still in regulation. And then USC, West Virginia, and Arkansas were all within a single possession. So what am I trying to get at with all that stats? It's kind of as Mike alluded to earlier, Auburn has not really been blown out. Mm. And then the games they did lose, minus you know the Kentucky, of course, but the games that they did lose were all super, super, super close. I think Brandy's got a stat to say there, but kind of look at the difference in Iowa there and some of the games they've lost. Like when they got beat, they just got beat bad. So Brandy, you have a thought on that. What, what, what do you think about that, Brandy? Before we talk about getting blown out, who? What was the score against Texas A and M at home? What was the final score of that game? It was like the seventy-seven, one, sixty-eight, or something like that. Like the it one was, at, it, was, okay, it, was like so, or, it was like eight or nine point game. Yeah, they, so they beat them. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was like an eight or nine point game at home. We weren't leading a majority of that game, and it kind of felt like a blowout. So I consider Kentucky and that game a blowout, personally, even though the score may not reflect that. And I sometimes consider that Memphis game a blowout, too, because... Now, I'm, talking about the, I'm talking about the second A&M game is, was the one that was within two points a minute to go. Oh, not the yeah. first one. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. The, the, one okay. At, the one at A&M, the one that had the crazy free throw discrepancy. The one at Auburn, yeah, okay. I mean, Auburn just played a bad game there's no there's no yeah, way to, i was gonna no say that, that one like even though the score may not reflect that it kind of felt more like a blowout but okay yeah so the one i got gotcha. you yeah so these close games that you know are within one possession two possession three possession games um it, it, you said it happened six times it, you know in that seven and ten record that we have against tournament teams mm-hmm. when a trend like that is happening because that's a trend at this point and when a trend like that is happening who's to say we don't go out there and lose to Iowa by one or two or so possessions. That's kind of like one way of looking at it. Yeah, I was Means wrong. Is looking at Auburn, it from Auburn, that. Auburn lost by 13 points to Texas A&M at home, and then they lost by five on the road. Yeah. My point to that is they lost the five on the road. They were within two, or excuse me, they were, yeah, they were within two points in the final minute of the game the reason they got those last three is because Auburn had to foul to pad that even further. Right. And Auburn had multiple opportunities to shoot it within that last minute and they missed, but that's a story for another day. Yeah. So my point is with the close losses, there's one way of looking at it, how memes looks at it, which is, you know, we should have won more games and, you know, we should have a higher seating and this team is better than what it actually looks like because of that. Whereas I think I kind of take a different approach to it. And I'm saying, well, if we keep doing this and we keep doing it, What's to say we're not just going to keep doing it again in the tournament? So, so you know, I just it's hard for me to back this Auburn team sometimes because of that. Anti Boog and Brandy, anti Boog, anti Boog Brandy say, over here. I think I think Auburn beats Iowa, but obviously we have a really tough matchup, most likely. Or Auburn has a really I'll tough she, matchup, most likely. I know she does, Mike. 
Um, I don't so believe her. I just, I think this game against Iowa is going to be close because a lot of our games, a lot of Auburn's games have been close this season. So I just, there just hasn't been a lot from Auburn this season that makes me feel like Auburn's going to go out there and just blow Iowa out of the water. Yeah. Except for Iowa has a, a not great defense. That's the only thing that's giving me hope that Auburn can go out there and blow Iowa out of the water. But Yeah, I keep taking L's on this Texas A&M matchup. Actually, it was a 16-point victory against Texas A&M at home. I mean, uh, by Texas A&M against Auburn at Neville. 16, they, right? Yeah, they led by 15 at the half, and essentially Auburn never caught up. That's a blowout, but, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a blowout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, yeah. there's going to be somebody listening to this that, like, the first time might it wrong is going to be, like, screaming. And then the second time when he got it wrong and he corrected himself is going to be screaming even, like, tweeting at Mike, like, no, they lost him. And they're going to make it to this ups- this part of the episode. They're going to delete the tweet. But right, right, yeah. That. Yeah, it was 45-30 at the half. And then scoring evened out in the second half. But, all, again, Auburn never caught up. Now, they drew closer at points during the second half. Um, but... Ultimately, uh, Texas A kind of ran away with it. Um, so the game was kind of lost in the first half, which has been the story for the Tigers a lot. Is, is that poor starts to games lead to a poor offensive team not having what they need to make up enough ground at the end of the game. And the irony I, of that is the second Bama game was the total opposite of that. They started strong and held it, and then that last 10 minutes just completely let it go. Yes, farted. I think yeah, like that- what's so interesting from like a pure statistical standpoint is at least at least the most the two most comparable teams that were in conference opponents for Auburn to Iowa are Vanderbilt and Missouri, which in Yikes. season from a pure statistical standpoint, both of those teams were very comparable from an offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency standpoint. Um it's really interesting because obviously Auburn lost on the road to Vanderbilt, but then Auburn blew Missouri out of the water. Yeah, 56-89. Yeah, so what do you do when you have, you know, two comparable teams like that, and when Auburn plays both of those teams, they perform almost completely different. Yeah, I mean, the Jekyll and Hyde of this team has been the story of the season. You never know what team is going to show up. So statistically, we could talk statistics all day, right? But... Which statistical Auburn is the only thing that we know statistically about Auburn is, is that st- they're more likely to blow it in the last few minutes of the game somehow. Choose blow a statistic. It or not close out. One yeah. of the two. Yeah. Choose a statistic, whether it's scoring, defense. However, statistically, they need to lose the game at the end. They're going to find a way to lose it. Um, well, that Auburn- is what it feels like this season. The story of the season really does feel like either Auburn blows a lead that they have or Auburn comes from behind and they just can't finish the game out enough to win it. Can't execute. Can't execute. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. So like you said, Jekyll and Hyde, (laughs) the deal on the stat sheet with Iowa is I was pretty consistent with what they are playing at where they're 39 in the net. They kind of play at that. Iowa doesn't have any, like their best win is Iowa state, which I think was like Mm -hmm. 20th in net when they played and they higher than that were losses and, they're, they also had a loss to Eastern Illinois, who was ranked 344 in the net. Like, whoa, that's rough. If um, So, going there, like, Iowa doesn't have, they've got, and they've got a few other kind of bad losses in there, some quad three L's and a few quad twos. 
not a great. I mean, I said Iowa State's okay. They were ranked twentieth at the time. I mean, that's not a. That's not like a. It's not like a, a one that you really hang your hat on as far as um, like a marquee season win. Where I mean, Auburn. I guess the best one of the season would be the Tennessee at the end of the year, and then uh, the Arkansas game after that. The the first Arkansas game that they played, but Auburn did not have any bad quad four loss and the one that they had against the their worst loss was against Georgia on the road and they came back played Georgia again beat the absolute breaks off of them at home and then the uh the only quad two loss that they had was that of course that away game on Bandy so your two non-quad one losses were at least conference games that were away and Iowa didn't so kind of going with the stat lines in this is Iowa kind of played the Iowa's floor and ceiling is a lot closer than Auburn's and that's kind of scary because obviously Auburn has a much higher ceiling than Iowa, but I think these stats kind of back up that their floor is lower too. So it's you kind of know which Iowa team is going to show up. Yeah, it's I'd rather be Auburn where Iowa's at. Show up. I'd rather yeah, be where Iowa's at than Auburn. Yeah, consistency. Auburn is not consistent at all. Auburn has all the potential to be a good team. I mean, they're still top thirty in net, but their inconsistencies, especially their away from home inconsistencies, do not do them any favors. Well, guys, let's let's assume Auburn wins this game just for shits and gills. Uh, we bug, next, we bug and Brandy, yeah, Brandy doesn't like next, this, Mike. She's mad. Their next round matchup. I said I think be, Auburn's going to win. I did say that. Okay, their next round matchup would be Houston. Almost 100%, I can guarantee it's going to be Houston. Uh, what chance do the need-a-bunch-of-luck Tigers have in that game? Or is it is one game all they should hope to get in this tournament, and will will fans be satisfied, you know, with a second round exit to Houston? I mean, in my opinion, Houston's best team in the country. Mm. Um, I mean, from an on both sides of the ball. I mean, they're just they're very very good. Um, I don't think Auburn fans can sit there and be mad if you know we lose to if Auburn loses to Houston. So. You're facing a one seed as a nine seed. So, you know what, you know, what do you do there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously Auburn needs to be Iowa in order for, I feel like this season to be a success. Go out there and give it your all against Houston, but don't hang your head if you can't be what I consider to be the best team I, in the country. I, I got a hot take. I'm like, can I hot take real quick? Auburn, if Auburn, I think Auburn has a harder time with Iowa versus Houston. If you could beat Iowa, you beat Houston. Houston's playing the American Conference. American Conference, some scrubs. The only SEC team that Houston's had to play was a bunch of Bama bums. They got stomped by Bama. We know Bama's no good. And their other, right, their let, other. Not- let me interject there, memes. Uh, who's the one team from that conference that Auburn played this season, and did they beat them? Look, they had an off night against Memphis. I know we were trying to get there. They had an <laughs> off night, but also too, Memphis beat Houston. Last game of the season. So I'm just saying. Sasser, Houston's best player is out. That's something that should be pointed out here now, that, too. So Sasser was out in that game against Memphis on Sunday. And he's a game-time decision for the round one game. So not completely sure if he'll it, be healthy it, for that game or not. So we'll see what happens with that. It, it, That's it a big is loss a home, for them. It, it is a home game. But to narrow in my, my Bama take a little bit. When Houston did play for like an SEC caliper physicality, did not go great for the middle. I mean, Houston never stood a chance in that game. I mean, Bama was just playing with their food there. And honestly, 
like looking, I mean, there are a few tournaments. Yeah, they played Oral Roberts. So, I mean, Auburn played Colgate. Like, okay, they both played Texas Southern. They both beat Texas Southern pretty bad. Houston, their schedule, and it almost kind of caught the Gonzaga effect here, is especially toward the end of the season, Houston's had a fairly soft schedule where Auburn has played a much more battle-ridden schedule. It's in Birmingham. It would be essentially, once again, a home game for Auburn. I don't feel like a lot of Houston people are going to be saving up their money to travel to Birmingham because they're expecting, hey, you know, we're looking Sweet 16, Elite 8, where we're headed there. That's where they got their tickets. Is Houston going to have a little too much sugar in their schedule with their best player missing with it essentially a home game to Auburn to trip up again to another SEC team like they did against Bama? I'm booging a little bit. There's just some serious love going on. <laughs> Iowa would be the tougher matchup. Auburn will struggle more with Iowa. They get past Iowa in a commanding way. They beat Houston in Birmingham. Put it on your brackets if it's not. I guess when this is being aired, you can't put it on your brackets. But if you just if you can feel my cosmic energy and you're feeling your bracket out Tuesday night, Wednesday during the day, put Auburn beating Houston if you got him beating Iowa. Oh my put goodness! Hey, Kelvin, Kelvin Sampson did give Auburn a little bit of rat poison too. Oh, okay, all right. Well, listen, guys. Auburn has some tough matchups ahead, but I'll tell you who has the toughest matchup is any other podcast versus Mike Mack and memes on a Thursday. Maybe we're bringing the heat. Lots of great stats. Great discussion, guys. We'll be back at you guys next week. Maybe to talk about a little bit more Auburn basketball. Uh, we'll crying on, on <laughs> Mike. They've got a, we're going to talk about it regardless because we're going to be talking about how they got beat or, you know, them playing more games next Thursday. But uh, we'll be back at you guys. I want to thank everybody for listening to the Mike McAmeans podcast. This is the Auburn Express powered by the War Report. Thanks to my guests for joining us. We'll be back at you guys as always. Warrior. Warrior.